0: Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Highmark Church Podcast. Our heartbeat is to help people find and follow Jesus. So we pray this message encourages you, strengthens you, and helps you pursue the purpose Jesus has for you. How many of you have been struggling? We're in step. That's what we're doing. We're walking in step with the Spirit of the Living God. How many of you have struggled trying to do that over the past few weeks? Huh? And if you're not struggling, listen doing it the wrong way okay because if you're in step with the spirit you're going to face trials Uh, i've been sick all week my wife's in bed this morning sick pray for miss karen Uh, my heart my love my rock and uh, she's she's in bed because it's warfare it's warfare I've, i've learned that and, and the closer you step with the Spirit, and the more you step with the Spirit, He comes at you at other angles. He, he gets to your wife, and He can't get to your wife. He gets to your kids. So you need to pray ahead about your, your children, too. When you start walking towards that Spirit, when you walk in step, prepared to have some trials in your life. Uh, a friend of mine, um, Biff Watts, uh, knew him in college. Uh, he had moved into the uh, apartment complex that we owned at Miami Christian College where I was the men's dorm supervisor. And Biff lived upstairs from him. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Biff. Biff was an oil rigger out in Colorado. He was a Navy SEAL who had done some rodeoing. He He rode the bucking uh, cows. What do you call them? Bulls, yeah, he was an old bull rider until a bull caught him in the shoulder one night and almost ripped his whole arm off. 32 stitches it took to put his arm back on. Biff was a tough guy. Big old cowboy, right? Uh, Not mean, a gentle soul, but tough. And God uh, gave me the privilege to introduce him to his son, Jesus Christ. And Biff got saved, man. And he was working with some oil driggers down there in Miami. They were uh, drilling these uh, holes to test the soil around uh, gas tanks. Rough bunch. You know, they'd lived on oil rigs most of their life. And old Biff got saved. And I bought him a a nice new Bible, you know, gave it to him. He was, you know, he was set, man. He was loving on Jesus. A few uh, months later, I heard a knock on my door. It was late late in the evening, I thought maybe one of the young men were in trouble, so I went to the door, and it was Biff. Big, strong, you know, won't take nothing from nobody kind of guy. Had his Bible in his hand, and he handed it to me, and he said, man, I'm sorry, but I can't do this. It's just too hard. It's just too hard. If you're walking in step, it's not going to be easy. And if somebody told you that when you became a Christian that everything would be all right, they lied to you, and they'll lie to you about other things. It's hard. And it was hard for my friend Biff. It's hard for me. And it's, it was even hard for the Apostle Paul, the greatest of all, the writer of half the New Testament, he struggled with it, and we're going to look at that today as we look at the at the warfare between self life and spirit life. Now, our uh, mantra or our our uh, uh, battle cry that Pastor has given us for this series, if you'll bring that up on the screen, I want to say that again together, as Pastor has had us do. Um, my flesh is, is overcome by the Spirit. My flesh is overcome by the Spirit. Let's say that together. My flesh is overcome by. What? Is anybody out there? Let's say it again like we believe it. My flesh is overcome by the Spirit of the living God. You've got to believe that. That's what you do. That's how you get through. That's how you can fight and win the battles of life. This morning, our passage is from uh, Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 16 through 26, and I'm going to read from a translation that maybe not a lot of you are familiar with. It's a new translation. It's called the Passion Translation. I recommend it highly to you. It really brings out, I think, the Greek and in modern English in a beautiful, beautiful way. Uh, read along with me. Galatians 5, verses twenty-six through, 16 through 26. But before we do that, let's pray. Most Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to come and to Share and break open your word, Father. For I'm a beggar telling other beggars where they can get food. I pray that you would forgive me of my sins. There are many. And I pray that you would hide me behind the cross of Christ this morning. For those gathered here in this room haven't come to hear and see Jonathan Ritchie. They've come to hear and to see Jesus. O Holy Spirit, come, and may these, my family members, may they hear the soft sandaled feet of Jesus Christ walking in our midst, for I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 23, this is the word of God, holy, and errant, infallible, I believe that with all my heart. And that's why I've been preaching it for 36 years. Hear from God today. As you yield freely and fully. Wait a minute. I want to explain just the. A little bit of context before this. Paul is talking to a group called Judaizers. These people have infiltrated the church and they're trying to steal away the freedom and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ by adding the law to it, telling people that they have to be circumcised, they have to do something to be saved, and that's just not true. There's nothing you can do, there's nothing you're not you're not worthy of it, and you're not able of receiving it by doing anything but placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. And that's where you find favor, and that's where you find freedom in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, I begin, as you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living freely in you. And the Holy Spirit, intense cravings, hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. But when you were brought into the full freedom of the spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soar above it. The craving of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? But the fruit produced by the Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him, keep in step with him. So may we never be arrogant or look down on anyone else, for each of us is an original. Each of us is an original. That don't make your boat float. I don't know what will. You're an original. You're an original. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the value of others. It's tough life. It's hard to be a Christian, no doubt. I struggle every day of my life. And I want to talk to you today about that struggle and about how you're in pretty good company because Paul struggled the same way. Paul writes here in Galatians, but before he wrote the letter to the Galatians, he wrote a book called Romans. Romans is the theology of the church. Sin, salvation, sanctification, sovereignty, and service can be outlined in the book of Romans. And in that sixth chapter of the book of Romans and the seventh chapter, Paul begins to talk about how he struggles every day of his life to stay in step with the Spirit. It's that famous passage in chapter 7, verse 14 through 23 in Romans, where he, he literally writes this warfare. I continue to do the things I don't want to do. I don't know why I continue to do those things. The Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Oh my gosh, what's going on? Da-da-da-da-da. I mean, he struggles just like you and I struggle. He fights just like you and I fight. But we have a Savior. Paul said this in Romans chapter 7. I have discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Can you feel it? You see, we were born in sin. We were conceived in sin, David said. When Adam fell, we fell. So by nature, we have a proclivity to sin. So when the spirit is introduced into our lives, it's fighting back that sin, that natural part of who we are. We must walk in the spirit and replace the old self. But it's a warfare. It comes up every day, every moment. My friend Steve Brown said one time, he said, you know, if things are going really well in your life, you might want to check who you're walking with because it might be Satan himself. If you're in step, you're going to have difficulty. If you're in step, you're going to have problems. But that's okay, because that's where faith grows. In those problems is where faith grows. So we just step with the Spirit. John Calvin said this about man's depravity. That that means man's fall, his sinfulness. He said, when man is left to choose for himself, he will always choose to do wrong. We need the spirit of the living God in our lives. We need to be walking in step with him. You see, we don't produce anything. That's one of the things I like about this translation. Is It, it says that in verse 22. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit. It's the spirit that produces this in us. We don't do anything to produce this favor or these things in our lives that the the fruit, the spirit brings through that fruit. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. He draws us. He keeps us. He saves us. He delivers us. He gives us all that we need and more. But don't ever think that you have to do something for it. It's a lie, and it comes from the pit of hell. It's Jesus and him only, and we walk in step with his spirit. In verse 23, then, it talks about self-control. You have to have gentleness of heart and self-control. Well, I started looking at that because I thought it was kind of strange when I first read the passage a few weeks ago. I thought, Wait a minute. Paul's not talking about self-control here. He's talking about the spirit producing everything. So I started looking at the word started studying it a little bit deeper. Self-control is the word temperance. You remember the temperance movement? You know, to curb our passions, to stop doing things habitually that are bad for us. That's what the word means. It, it means temperance and uh, to abstain and moderate Or self-restrain our actions that are harmful to us. To control our natural habits and passions. You see, you need to bring all your passions under submission to God. His word and the spirit that gives you this fruit. And the context shows us that. That's why I like the way they translated It into strength of spirit you know as Christians we spend so much time trying to do Christianity well if I just do this if I just show up if I just give enough if I just you know teach Sunday school if I if I participate every Sunday we think that saves us but it doesn't what I try to teach people to do is not do Christianity As much as be in it. Let the spirit overwhelm you. Let the spirit be in you. Because you're an original. And God uses you right there where you are. To touch people. To change people. With all your warts and sins and mistakes. God uses you. As he fills you with the spirit. And it's not anything you do. It's being energized and walking in step with the spirit. Not uh, hurting the spirit or keeping the spirit. But living in it freely. And to do that we got to put off the old life. The flesh life. And take on the spiritual life. self control by the Holy Spirit, which starts with that next or that word right before it, gentleness of heart. They translated. It. It's the word meekness in the Greek, gentleness, or by implication, humble. What Paul's saying is, that, you know, you got to have a gentleness of heart. You got to break your pride down, and that's what the what this nation needs more than anything today. Is they need people that can humbly, gently share the word of God with other people. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not with Bible-thumping, get-saved-or-get-gone type of attitude. But to plead, to beg, to humble yourself before him and the person you're trying to win to Jesus. Why are people being shot? They need Jesus. Pastor was right. In fact, I didn't think about it, but Pastor, that first shooting in Walmart was right across the street from the hospital I worked at in Mississippi. Just a few miles from my daughter's house. The first thing I did was call her and tell her to stay home. In fact, the couple of the police officers was taken to the hospital, Baptist Memorial Hospital there in DeSoto County. We need Jesus. It's the only thing that's going to work. Oh, you can come after the guns and you can make all kinds of laws, but pastor's right. The only thing that works is Jesus. And we need to tell people that. But we need to do it with a gentleness, a humility of spirit, a gentleness, a kindness. The word meekness is not weak either. I want you to know that. Jesus used the word in the Beatitudes when he was teaching in the Beatitudes. He said, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Uh, the word means power under control not weakness because we we generally in the English language we think meekness we say weakness you got to be weak no God didn't call you to be a doormat he called you to stand and to be used by him but to be under control by the spirit of the living God you don't win anybody to Jesus Christ I hope I didn't hurt any of your feelings You don't win anybody. The Spirit wins people to Jesus Christ. You just happen to be an empty vessel that He uses. And to do that, you have to be in step. You have to develop a gentleness of heart and a strength of spirit. A gentleness of heart and a strength of spirit. Verse 23 tells us that these people portions of this wonderful fruit have been given to us and they're limitless limitless there's nothing that God can't do through you it's limitless that you have the power of the Holy Spirit living in you resurrection power that brought Jesus from the dead is living in you and it's limitless. And when you tie it and you bind it to works in your life thinking that you can earn salvation, it becomes limited. stifled. Man, I've been preaching grace for years. And people think I'm crazy. But it's it's free. It's a freedom that we need to understand. We're not bound by anything. You know, Christians are the worst people I know who who won't receive forgiveness from God. We're the worst at beating ourselves up day after day after day. As we walk in step with the Spirit and we fail, and JD, J.D. put it beautifully today, we screw up all the time. That's why he sent Jesus. He didn't expect you to be perfect. In fact, in the Beatitudes, he calls um, hunger and thirst for righteousness. He didn't say be righteous. He said hunger and thirst for it. Every day of your life, fall deeper and deeper in love with Jesus Christ. And he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never give up on you. And when you come to him with your sin, and don't be afraid. He already knows. But if you come and confess your sin, he's not there with a two-by-four to whack you over the head. He's there to clean up your scarred face and your bruised body. And he does it right here in the midst of this family. That's why church is so important. That's why gathering together is so important. That's why our small groups are so important. Is because that's where you get fed and strengthened. That's where you receive the strength you need to go back out the next day and keep on stepping with the Spirit of God. We are a hospital for the broken and the wounded, the dechurched and the unsure. We are here to love you and to help you and to walk with you as we walk together in the spirit of the living God. Anybody out there? Paul was asked a question from verse 24 earlier in Romans 6. He was asked this question, shall we continue to sin that grace might increase? I mean, preacher, if you're saying that it's free, it's full, you know, does it matter? And they asked Paul, well, we'll just continue to sin so grace may abound. Paul says, it's a beautiful Greek word, it says, pay me in a Man, it, it can't happen. There is no way as you as a, as a regenerated, spirit-stepping Christian will ever continue to sin so that grace might extend. And I just proved it to you by talking about how each one of you beats yourself up more than anybody else in the world. It is full and it is free. And you can't escape it once you abandon yourself into the love of God and hang on to Jesus Christ. But. But. We need to keep that old man, that old flesh, that dead man down. In Romans chapter 6, Paul said, the reason that you won't sin is because, or continue to sin. You'll sin, but you won't continue to make it a habit in your life. And Paul says the reason for that is, is that you have been crucified with Christ. You have been buried. That old man, that old self is dead. And that's why. Your life has been changed from a sinful being to a regenerated person in Christ Jesus. And that old self is buried. That old self is dead, he says. Know this, Paul says. Know that your old nature, that self-life, that sin nature that you inherited from Adam has been crucified in Christ Jesus, buried in Christ Jesus, and you have been given a new life by being raised From that deadness, to live for God and to live in the Spirit. You are dead to sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ, his Son. Alive to the Spirit life to partake of the fruit that he has given you. Paul paints three pictures very quickly. I don't have time. Three pictures of that in Romans. If you'll read Romans 6 and 7 today, you'll understand better what I'm talking about. He talks about baptism, that we are baptized into Christ Jesus and we are raised in the newness of life. He talks about the crucifixion, that our sin has been nailed to the cross. Never again will we be condemned in Christ Jesus because he took it all on him. Later on, Paul will cry out as he's doing this, this self-evaluation of trying to walk in the Spirit and live, do all this. And he, he finally comes to this conclusion. What a wretched man I am. Who will save me from this death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our Deliverer, and our friend. For First John tells us in chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, That if we confess our sins, he is faithful. Number one, he will do it. And he is righteous. He's the only one that can do it. He is faithful and righteous to forgive us all our transgressions, sins, past, present, future. You are his. And he is yours. And then finally in the resurrection, we've been raised in the newness of life. So we follow after, we keep in step with the spirit of the living God. There's a conflict inside of us. But hang on. Jesus is coming. Keep fighting because Jesus is coming. And then finally, there's, here's a few points, a few practical ways to walk in step. The first and most important one, and Paul uses that as the love is what covers all these all these wonderful things that he gives us. It's one fruit and it's covered in love. You have to abandon yourself in the love of Jesus Christ. Crucify your pride. Accept the fact that he is the one that raised you and will keep you. It's by his power and his power alone. And a, Literally abandon yourself into his love. You know, when I look at the cross, many people look at the cross, and we've been taught to look at the cross and say, oh my gosh, I did that to Jesus. I feel so horrible. I feel so bad. And the guilt is just running over us. You know what? This is grace. When I look at the cross, I say, look how much he loved me. Look how much he loves me still. And all that he asks from any of us is to merely love him back and love others like he's loved us. Abandon yourself into his love and reckon yourself to be dead to sin and alive to Jesus Christ. The second thing is, not only do you just live your life in love with Jesus Christ more and more every day, Pray. Prayer is one of the most significant, powerful tools that we have in our Christian life. Pray. Get a book. Well, don't get this book if you don't want your life to change. A professor of mine, Dave Scare, gave me this book in college over 30 years ago. It's called E.M. Bounds, Power of Prayer. And he told me the same thing. But I read that book and it convinced me early on in my ministry that prayer was not just essential. It was the meat. It was how we get by. It's how we get through. Pray, Paul says. Pray without ceasing, Paul says. Pray every moment of every day as you face the struggle between flesh and spirit. Pray. I walk around up there at Golf. There is so much sin going on in that place. I, just, I pray sometimes he'll just remove me from it. But like I told Bob one day, I said, you know, the reason I'm here is because I, I told God I didn't like millennials. And he put, me in, he put me right in the center of 450 of them, lost his ball in high weeds. I walked down the T-line going, nope, dead to that, nope, dead to that, nope, dead, 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 All day long, pray." Cry out to him, and he will deliver you. Live in his love. Pray, and then saturate yourself with his word. Read it. Memorize it. Let it wash over you. Listen to it. You know, music really helps me. I I very rarely change stations uh, from, uh, you know, K-Love and and, uh, the other one, because it lifts me up. Man, I get depressed sometimes going to work. I just, I don't have the energy. I don't want to go in there. I don't want to. And then I turn on a song, just like the music that you had today. I kept leaning over the pastor going, man, that's my message. You know, that's when we know the Spirit's working and he's here. And it's powerful. Let the music of the Word of God roll over you. Develop a gentleness of heart. Crucify your pride. Be gentle. You, you don't have to tell anybody you're right because you're right. I was witnessing to a kid one day he came to my house selling me a security system. He was a Mormon, and we went around and round for a little bit, you know. And I listened to him, and I said, "Man, I understand where you're at, but I just want to let you know you're wrong." And he just laughed, and I laughed. I hope I touched him. I hope I touched old Biff. I Hope I touched some of you today gentleness of heart, and then a strength of spirit. Use reminders in your life. I like necklaces and bracelets that, that remind you. I got this earring, my little niece, not uh, niece, my granddaughter, four-year-old granddaughter. She, they were trying to get her to get her ears pierced the other day. No, I don't, want to do that. I don't want to do that. I said, I'll tell you what, Poppy will get his ear pierced if you get yours pierced. She said, okay, you go first. So I went down and I got it because I've, I've wanted it for a long time. You know the reason I wear this earring is because Paul wore an earring. He was a bond slave to Jesus Christ. Now what a bond slave was is when somebody wanted to be willing a willing slave after they were free from their, their slavery in the Old Testament. The owner would take an awl and they would drive the awl through the ear of the servant into the doorpost of that house. And Paul did that because he was a bond slave to the Lord Jesus Christ. And every time I reach up and touch this thing, it reminds me that I am too. I am controlled by the Spirit of the living God. In a moment, we're going to pray. And I'm going to pray strength to fight these battles to live in the spirit and not the flesh I'm going to pray that the spirit would come down upon us today in power and change us and fill us to full and overflowing I'm going to pray for some of you that need to know the Lord Jesus that have never given your lives to Christ that you might accept the freedom found there in grace and mercy The love found there at the cross. Because listen, God's not angry with you. He loves you. And all he wants is for you to love him back. Thanks for tuning in today. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at Highmark. Go online to highmark.church to get all the details and plan your visit. Remember, God has a high calling for your life, so keep pursuing your purpose.